0: all right everybody welcome back to another episode of the spring legion podcast powered by rolling thunders hand-tuned turkey calls and light boots the lightest 16-inch waterproof boot on the market today uh, if you're joining us for the first time I want to welcome you and if you're rejoining us for the however manyth time, I want to welcome you back um, to the Springledge Podcast. We're going to be talking about some turkey hunting, some stuff that involves turkey hunting, some stuff that involves the seasons that come prior to the actual season of hunting turkeys, which is kind of what today's uh, episode is going to be. Um, I'm not your host; I'm just the intro guy today, Hunter Farrier. and um, I'm actually going to turn the uh, turn everything over to uh, Chase and Seals who did a, a recording with a guy named Justin Rogers, a fella from Mississippi. Um, he is going to give us a good old rundown on how to trap, and it is a good one. I listened to it on the way back from Mississippi uh, in the six-hour drive from Mississippi to Georgia about a week ago. Uh, they recorded it not long before I got there, and it is very, um, very interesting. It's, it's a lot of stuff. He's not necessarily coming from the perspective of a – Someone like us who goes out in you know the the months leading up to turkey season to do some nest predator trapping, but he does this for a living and has done it for a long time. It sounds like, and he knows where to where to put the traps, how to bait them, all kinds of good stuff. He is um he has a company called uh, Old South Lures, and it has been referred to us by our buddies Lake and Jordan with the um the, the Speak the Language podcast. So um we asked them of anybody who would who would be just a guru on the subject, and this is. the the first number they gave us to call and um and not long after listening to it i realized why so um we're looking forward to uh to kind of getting this out there from our buddy justin and uh he's going to kind of enlighten a lot of things about when it comes to um just trapping in general but you know more specific on the the coons and stuff like that nest predators and everything and um i encourage y'all to to tune in and take a couple notes because it is a a big benefit to the wild turkey. uh Deacons don't eat turkey eggs. I don't care who you are and what you say, but um, it's one of those things that is a uh, uh, not necessarily dropping the bucket of a lot of things we can do better. Um, when combined with good habitat and and good um good intentions from those who hunt them, you know, wild turkeys benefit from folks who get out there and and kind of pay the dues before the season, and um, that sh- should not be taken lightly, especially considering the circumstance with the wild turkey populations as they are, and um. I think it's um it's, it's something we all kind of owe to the animal to to give back and, and something that we all do and uh, some folks do it more quietly than others and it's one of those things that it's just um it's part of turkey hunting just as much as tuning in a box call so um I'm looking forward to uh to turning it over to them and, and letting you all listen in on that conversation. It's about an hour long, I feel like and um um before we do that, wanted to uh, hit a couple quick updates since they didn't have them at the time that um any given spring morning the new book is uh, it's here. And um, finally, hit the publish button on that Joker, and it will be releasing, as of now, it looks like it's going to be Sunday, February 5th, 2023. I'm going to release it at midnight at springlegion.com. It's going to be available to the public for everybody to buy, if you would like. And um, if you haven't yet, you can pre-order it. Uh, that was a very, no, I'm not going to say a risky move, but um, but decided to go ahead and go with pre-orders. A lot of folks have requested them, and um, it gets kind of jumbled when you got to, it's kind of peaked merchandise season as well people will want to combine a pre-order with a shirt or a hat or something like that and you got to separate a bunch of shipping labels but i figured it'd be worth it to let some folks uh, reserve a copy if they would like um this will be one of the first thousand copies that are printed of any given spring morning you have the option to go ahead and uh pre-order that kind of reserve it and they will ship out with everything else on um sometime that week you know starting the sixth, starting that monday as of now gonna be bringing up a Truckload of them uh, from from Mississippi to Georgia, and I'm gonna have everything kind of laid out. We're gonna slap some labels on some boxes and poly mailers, and and get them shipped out as quick as we can. All copies will be signed, and um, and we'll be pumping them out right before we uh we get to Auburn on the eighth, which will be that Wednesday, uh, February eighth. That we're gonna be uh that'll be our first live podcast recording of this, of the year, and kind of this little mini tour we threw together here last second. Uh, we're going to be at Mo's downtown at uh, in Auburn, Alabama, from five to seven. We're going to do some live Q and A and some. We'll be doing some book signing and uh, selling some merch there as well. As far as I know, and then our, then our buddies over at Light Boots—they're going to be giving away four pair of boots. So uh, we might be doing some more giveaways and stuff. But we actually talked with Brooks over there at uh, at Light Boots, and he, he told us he he said, "Man, I want to you know give y'all something to to toss to the crowd." So we got some. Some vouchers we're going to be doing at um at all the at all the uh, live podcasts, not just at Auburn, but uh, at least four pair per show. And um, after we leave Auburn, it'll be we'll be gung ho on the NWTF convention, which will be following the, that next week. And we're going to be doing another live podcast at a uh, at Live Oak in Nashville on February fifteenth at uh, uh from four to seven. And then we're going to go to Rick's once we get back from NWTF convention and uh, starville from six to eight on february 28th and uh as far as i know we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants because that's kind of the only way we know how to fly so we're going to be answering some live q a and, and answering some listener questions any that might be submitted through our, our social channels and stuff like that um as well as uh you know the talking turkey the general talking turkey that we look forward to doing every year and especially at this time when it is around around the corner so yeah we got a lot ahead of us and this um the, the best busy there is, as far as I'm concerned, it, it means turkey season is near, and uh, there's a lot of folks wanting to talk about turkey hunting, and, and we're here to listen and talk as much as any, so um, I'm grinning from ear to ear, pretty much, from this time of year until the end of May, it seems like uh, there's going to be a a period there where it kind of calm before the storm, right around uh, early March and stuff, but I'm 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 giddy as I'll get out in late January, early February, because I know that uh the the blooms are about to start popping up here and there and you're about to start hearing some songbirds you don't hear every year. I mean all you know throughout the remaining months of the year. Um and uh, I think this morning I kinda heard one that I hadn't heard in a while and I'm starting to think I wonder if that's the first, you know, kinda songbird you hear that, that kinda lets you know hey springs around the corner and um the the that special time of year is, is not far off. So it'll be here before you know it won't be long now. And um yeah so we're gonna we're gonna hop into this episode real quick. I'm not going to hold you up too much longer. To our buddy Justin Rogers, going to teach us the the complete rundown on doll-proof traps and all things associated with trapping as we go into this uh, nest predator trapping season. And uh, I advise you to to bring a notepad along because he's he's filled with uh, with knowledge and experience on the subject. So uh, he he knows what he's talking about. And um, at, at kind of last second, we thought of a way to kind of get some some traps in the hand of folks we're going to do a little giveaway i don't know if it's just going to be for this week or it might go throughout the whole month of february um if you share the podcast on your instagram story or facebook story or something like that if you'll be sure to tag us at spring legion um, whether you share it directly or shoot if, if you take a screenshot or take a quick picture of the uh dash your truck with the podcast on there if you if you do something some way of sharing it on your story we're going to be giving away three dog-proof traps probably. We'll probably announce it at the the next episode that will come out the the week following this one. Um, if, if you tag us, we'll know who you are, and we'll uh, we'll make sure we include that. We're going to send out three free dog-proof traps uh, to your door just for sharing it for free. And um, if we can get it in time, we might include some of the, uh, Justin's bait from uh, Old South Lures to to throw in there just as an incentive to kind of get folks talking about trapping again and get it, get the gears turning towards Turkey season. So uh we'll be doing that. And then anything else, you know, y'all be sure to follow along on all our socials. We'll be updating y'all. we got a lot of updates coming up left and right. And it's hard to keep them all in a notebook just to remember to mention every Tuesday. So we, uh, we try to do that as much as we can on the spot. So uh y'all tune into that, tune into uh, all the socials. And then we will tune into seals and chase as they holler at Mr. Justin, over at Old South Lures, and we're going to learn some trapping.
1: Hello. Justin's Austin Seals. How are you? I'm doing good, man. How about you? Doing pretty good. I got uh, Chase Ferrier on the line with us.
2: Hey, Justin.
3: Hey, man. How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Pleasure talking to
2: you. Yeah, yeah. same same to y'all. Y'all too, man.
1: Yeah, appreciate you taking the time to come on here and talk some trapping with us um
2: oh man absolutely no
1: problem I guess to start out kind of just give us a rundown <clears throat> uh, you know who you are uh, I, I know you were part of the Mississippi Trappers Association kind of give us a background on that and then we'll
2: we'll get into some
1: uh, some trapping knowledge well
2: uh, uh, name's Justin Rogers I'm uh, actually I'm a school teacher and coach uh, at a little uh, school in Morton and um so that's kind of my, my day job, you know, on the side, I own a, uh, I'm a health coach for a company and I also, I own a, um, business, I own I own, I own a business, I own a business called, um, uh, being doors where I do, I do trapping. I do trapping and stuff. Hang on. I do trapping on the side and I also, um, I own a little company called um Old South Lures where I make trapping lures and deer scent. So kind of a I'm always I always got something going on around the house, so I always kinda of busy. That sounds good. Like um, as far as yeah, and I I'm recently I just my I had a, my term for the Mississippi Trappers Association has uh, just expired uh last four years. I have been the vice president of the state trapping association and, uh, which, you know, involves everything from, you know, getting the first sale going to working with the department of wildlife on, uh, on a couple of different issues. We actually, um, got some changes done with the, uh, fur, uh, fur buying license and, um, different rules and regulations. We work with them on, on all that kind of stuff. So, um, Stay, stay pretty busy. Yeah, that's
1: good. Um, I, I guess we can dive in. Um, yeah, I guess I guess to start out on, we're, we'll we'll hit coons first. Um, just you know, some nest predators. Give, give us the basic, you know, how to, what works the best on on when trapping coons.
3: Yeah, when, gotcha. where, how to, kind of your best
2: rundown on that would be great. I, I got you. I so I mean. The coons of course I know now the market for raccoons is not near about what it used to be. I remember when I was a kid, you know, I could get a raccoon if I made my money in high school. I could get a raccoon. Twenty bucks for a raccoon was the easy time I sold the hide and the meat. But of course the market's not there and I think that's one reason why our, our raccoon populations are so high. But one thing you know, do I'm a turkey hunter by heart. I love turkey hunting, you know, more than anything. Mm-hmm. And I do strategically target raccoons just be, uh, you know, all nest predators primarily they really do hit raccoons just, just because of that. Um, reason being, and I, I've seen this but I read a study one, uh, here not long ago that uh, I think Mississippi State or Alderman did a study that a raccoon is the only animal that will actually hunt for a nest during nesting season. They had some of uh, they did some studies with some collared raccoons and, and collared hens, and they observed those, especially in those wet, damp, cold mornings, you know how a turkey, a turkey kind of smells when, when they get wet. Mm-hmm. They actually witnessed raccoons, you know, like working fence lines and cut over edges with the wind in their face, mm-hmm. and they were actively hunting those nests. So, I mean, uh, that study also said, you know, I, you, you got a pair of raccoons to take out one nest a week, you know, during, uh, during the nesting season, I mean, you're, you know, you're looking at multiple, multiple, you know, nests that have been raided. So what I do a lot on food, I mean, everybody, you know, thinks that, you know, I will travel round around a deer feeder. I've been feeding them you know, around, around my deer feeders all year. And you can do that. Um, I, I do a lot of that with those these uh, these dog-proof traps that they have out now. Um, I'm sure a lot of folks have seen these. They're kind of a, a tube type trap where you stick it in the ground, put, you know, bait or lure down in it. Mm-hmm. Raccoon, being that it has, you know, nimble fingers, they stick their hand in there and they grab that trigger and pull up and they get caught. Well, you know, a dog, one, most dogs can't get their foot down in there, but they don't have, you know, their paws. They can't get up under that trigger and actually grab it and pull that trigger up. So the dog proof raccoon traps have really kind of changed the the trapping age and everything. And a lot of folks set those around uh, deer feeders. I do that too sometimes. But what I started doing, because you catch one or two raccoons around a deer feeder, and all of a sudden, within a night, your catch will drop off to nothing. Hmm. And so what I started, I was talking to some trapping buddies of mine that do it for a living too. They started, you'll find a cleaning trail going going to a feeder. What we started doing was backing off about 25, 30, 50 yards from that corn feeder and putting those traps right in that trail and um, either putting it on some type of a drag or either wiring it off to a tree. But Anyway, what that does is those coons come down that trail, they hit that trap first, and they get caught with other coons going by, and they don't they don't associate that corn feeder you know, with, with their buddy over here you know, caught in a trap. Mm-hmm. And it will it will kind of keep, you know, keep that, keep your your catch rate up, you know, and it won't make it drop off as, as drastically as I have. I mean, I've, I've literally, I've seen that happen before. So, you know, that's that's one good tip. If anybody can go to the hardware store and buy some of these dog-proof traps. I mean, you can put some put some stuff in them, and, I mean, within five minutes, you're raccoon trapping. Right. So, that's one thing, you know. I also... Put those on road like on you know, solar trails. Those coons will run those solar trails uh, along the edges of uh, creeks or ditches. I'll use those um, dog proof traps there as well, because they're just so easy to use. And uh, I mean, it's pretty much the same thing. Coon comes by, he smells it, sticks his hand in, boom, you got it. Um, for somebody that doesn't want to fool with the old Tommy steel trap um, for a coon, that's it's a that's really been a game changer on that, so
3: yeah, and, and putting them on a you know full trailer or whatever it may be you can just run- r- rip them pretty quick, checking them um you know after work or before work or whatever it may be um if yeah you, if yeah you, I mean that's if your land's close enough to your house, of course,
2: um oh yeah, yeah, and that's, I got a buddy that he actually has a he has a piece of styrofoam. And he'll stick those traps. He'll even, he may, he may even set them before he leaves the house, but he'll stick them upright in that styrofoam. He runs all his on drag. Mm-hmm. He'll stick them upright in that styrofoam. He'll put the bait in them and he'll take off. And when he, I mean, he'll, he'll stop when he cut the bike off, put it in park, jumps off, grabs the trap out of that styrofoam. It's already baited. He throws the drag out, sticks in the ground. Boom, he's gone. I mean he yeah. you know, and he can he can run a hundred traps you know in no time doing that you know, he, he said that was one thing that he back in the when Coons were really really bringing good money, he was running you know a couple hundred traps a day doing that and you know, it just makes it just so much quicker so right right um yeah, i mean they they
3: they're quick to set up I mean, I've got a handful of myself of those dog proofs, and um yeah i mean they're they're pretty quick to run um. As far as setting, you know, you ain't got to dust them in and whatever, you know, I'm no Mm -hmm. trapping master by any means. I have, you know, I'm fresh to it. So a lot of these questions are just questions I have, you know, how can I get better at it? Um, but you know that's that's one thing i've seen with the dog proofs they make it they make quick work of it yeah um mm-hmm. you know and and also I, something i wanted to ask was you know baiting wise are you running you know the lucky charms i've seen that a bunch you know just simple you know just anything sweet and smell good you know marshmallows mm-hmm. you know i've seen people yeah. stuff some stuff down there that questionable i've caught them
1: on oatmeal cream pies yeah
3: Yeah, i mean i I know anything will probably catch them if you put them in the right spot but is there anything that we could do to you know if if you necessarily don't know how to identify a coon trail or you know find a really have the best idea of where a coon should be you know if you're just setting them in the road is there is there anything that would possibly attract them you know more
2: yeah yeah. Um what I do, of course, you know, I make a I make a dog proof bait, of course. Okay. Um yeah. and, you know, <laughs> and I rec- you know of course I recommend. But um uh there's two or just about eat anything. The only time the only time that I have problems catching raccoons really in high numbers is a lot of time is in February because they're that's that's during the coon rut. Okay. And they've got one thing on their mind, especially those those big boars. Now you'll catch some females and some yearlings. Um, if I didn't know anything about trapping, what I would do is would find me a creek or a little you know a little stream or something through my property, and I would set up there. Typically, the females and the young of that year they will run that creek. Your big boars, a lot of times they're they're the one that you catch in your coyote traps up on the ridge or around a field edge, most of the time, that's where your big boar run. So I said, But then in February, those boars, they got one thing on their mind. I mean, they're they're looking for females. And I literally, I put trail cameras on traps because I wasn't catching anything. Mm-hmm. And I mean, on the same bait that I used three weeks ago and was wearing them out, I started putting trail cams. And those boars, they'll walk right by. Mm-hmm. Now, you can see the females and the fowls. they'll stop and you'll catch them. And them boars, they'll just walk right by it because they got one thing on their mind. So what I started doing a little bit, you can buy a raccoon gland lure. Just kind of like you ink. Know, they make a, you know, gland lure for every every animal out there.
3: Okay.
2: You can buy a raccoon gland lure, and what I started doing was taking like a paper coffee filter, sticking it on the ground, sticking that, sticking that dog through that coffee filter. And then let that coffee filter just put a little bit of that raccoon gland lure on that coffee filter. What that does, That's just at least make that boar raccoon stop. Right. You know, and then, of course, I make, I make a bait. It's a fish pellet bait. It's, mm-hmm. not, it's, not of, it's a high-protein fish pellet bait. But one thing I found, too, it worked, especially, I've heard folks argue, you know, don't use a fish bait up around a persimmon tree or don't use a persimmon bait down around, you know, the water. I've never seen any difference in that. Okay. But what I try to do, if I'm going to set three traps out, I'm going to put like a fish bait in one. I may put something sweet like, you know, cereal, Cheerios, Fruity Pebbles, you know, know, something Mm -hmm. like that. I But back up, what I do on all my traps, I run Duke. I mean, I run Duke Dog Proofs. I mean, they're simple. They're they're good. They're made right here with the hippie sauce. I I, I know Bill Duke really well. Mm -hmm. So I run all Duke Dog proofs. I'll take a big marshmallow before I leave my shop, and I'll stab a marshmallow on that trigger. It just, in one, you got that marshmallow smell, plus it gives them something else a little bit bigger. They can feel something mm-hmm. soft to grab onto. So I'll put a marshmallow on all my triggers, and then like I said, when I'm sitting, I may try, you know, I may put a, a fish pellet bait in one. I mean, you can get cat food. I've caught a mini coon on cat food, the cheap cat food at the dollar store. Yeah. I mean, I've I've caught a lot of coons on that. You know, cereal, I'll have, if I'm specifically trapping raccoons, I'll have, you know, a sweet bait, a fishy bait, you know, just something kind of different. You know, I know folks that use you know, catfish bait from Walmart. I've heard just about everything. But I try to mix and match mine. See what works best. Just to see, you know. One day I want a hamburger, you know, one day I may want a hot dog. You know, right. now the same way. You know, one day they're going to prefer something. So, you know, I would start either like on a little stream, a little creek, whatever, runs through your property. That's where they're going to be concentrated more. And then, like on a field edge, so you got a grown up field or even a, you know, a field edge, that's where your big boar canoe are going more like it. They're going, they're going to work that area. So, that would be two locations I would start. And, of course, that would be, you know, Using different baits and stuff like that, just to see what they what they're in a the mood for that day. Mm-hmm. When when uh, what time of year is
1: would you know is the best time to trap? I mean, obviously, I know you want to you want to hit it hard before nesting season. But when when do you see is the best time of the year
2: to trap coons? If you're not going to do it for the fur market, and you're mm-hmm. going to do it as as far as predator management, when it opens in November. You know it's it's really it's really good. There's a lot of the the sows and the young are still together, so you've got a chance to make multiple catches in one location. You know they're they're mm-hmm. they're they're trying to eat anything they can. You know to build up those fat reserves for winter. Mm-hmm. Um, I like trapping a lot in November if I'm doing like control work, but at the same time, you do a place in November, you're going to knock them down throughout the season, but a lot of times you're going to have to probably go back in there in February because when you take them out, more are going to move in. So if I had a couple hundred acres and I was doing it for, you know, predation purposes, I would do November, hit them hard as I could, then maybe take a break December and then pick back up with it in January and February to see if anybody has moved in you know, because during these, you know, like I, during December, January, there's deer carcasses laying all over the woods, and a raccoon, you know, they're they're an opportunistic eater. They're gonna eat, two on deer carcasses and stuff like that. But in November, there's not as much, you know, there's stuff like that. It's just natural food that they're getting, and they're you have a you have a good chance of uh, knocking them back pretty hot and heavy there in November. Okay. Well, actually, then of course, before nesting season, I I would hit. You know, I would hit it hard again before nesting season to knock back whatever has moved back into that particular area.
3: Okay, sounds good to me. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, 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 that's some good information right there. Yeah. I mean, yes. I've always wondered. And I've
2: actually done that on a piece of property. Um, I've got a piece of property close to where I live that is, it's only 30 acres, but it's 30 acres of some of the, I mean, it's, they didn't do it on purpose, but it is prime turkey habitat both nesting and um strutting ground and a boy said look you can you know, treat it like it's yours to do what you want to with it and it actually borders up to some national forest so i get a lot of turkeys coming there oh, the first yeah. year i started on that place I think I, I think I killed a bird the first year there but i had not i run trail cameras on it i had no hens raised on that place but i started trying real hard in november I caught, like, 15 or 20 coons and possums in, like, five days. But right before, as soon as deer season closed, I went back in there that next year, as soon as deer season closed, and I hit it hard, and I, I forget exactly what I took out. But anyway, I've got a picture, end of May, of two hens. There's two hens in the food plot. There's, I think, 15 or 16 folks with them. There's a gobbler in the background strutting in that food plot. And they, they, out of those 15, they probably raised at least 12 or 13 got raised on that place. Heck
0: yeah.
2: And ever since, ever since I, and I do that every year, and ever since then, I mean, I get still in that place last year, and I heard six birds gobble standing in one spot.
3: Heck, yeah. And that
2: was that was coming off of that place, plus on the government land, the National Forest, but, you know, I've run in the National Forest, and I'll trap a little bit, too. So, and that was, that was, And I've had turkeys successfully nest on that place every year. I run trail cameras year-round, and they succeed. I had at least two to three hens that raised anywhere from five to ten little ones on that place every single year. So.
3: Heck, yeah. So, a, I mean, you're seeing results, works. in other words.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've got to say, it definitely. When I first, the first guy on that place, the boy said, "You could just ain't no turkeys on this place." I've been, I've been living around here my whole life, and ain't ever heard of turkeys. Hmm. And uh, but after about, that's about two years, it was definitely I saw a difference. Definitely saw a difference. So yeah. Now, how how often
1: do, when you set a trap? How often do you run it? Do you do you run them daily? Do you put a, a cell camera on them to where you know if you got because.
2: Yeah. That's I'll like, run mine. Now, the, the state law says you have to run them once every 36 hours. Okay. So what I do, I mean, you know, I run mine every day. If something comes up, like most of my stuff is around my house. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can't get to it, I'll send my boy. He's he's 15. He's got his own, he's cheap traps. I'll make him check mine. But I run mine every day just because of my, my my mind is if I catch a tune there today, I get him out and reset it. I got a chance to catch one there tomorrow. Instead right. of trying to, you know, push that thirty-six hour window, but I'll check it first thing in the morning before work. But I'm on, you know, we want to be as ethical as we can. I mean, right. I've got caught in a, in a trap a million times. I actually taught, you know, I taught hunters in here at high school one time a couple of years ago. And I actually stuck my hand in, in a steel trap. You know, freaked all the kids in the room out. <laughs> but you know, I mean. You know, the way all my traps are set up is, you know, is is for not, you know, does not cause harm to the animals. So you want to get them out as quick as you can. But as I said, at the same time, I want to catch. I'm after numbers. I'm trying to move fast. So I run mine every day. Okay.
3: Heck, yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's, yeah, majority of folks do that. Now, I have, the way I do it, I'm about an hour from my land. So I'll try to set up a junction of three or four traps on a trail that I can see mm-hmm. with a trail cam, right. and uh-huh. buy a tree of some some sort that I can put a trail cam on all of them. And so as you know, once I see that I get one, you know I know to to, to leave the house and, and go. Right?
2: Yeah. That, that that's a that's a great idea. You got you got your cell, trail cameras. I mean, I've done that on some coyote sets mm-hmm. on that particular place. You know, I know if. I put that guy; uh, it was on a food plot. I had some coyote sets, so the coyote coming coming through there. And you know, I would I check it every morning. I wake up, well, didn't catch something last night. So you know, I, I, mean, I I've done that. You know, one time it kind of worked out. The camera was pointed right at the set, so mm-hmm. I mean that's a that's definitely something that that would be good. So yeah.
3: Now is there do you, is there any actual numbers that you are aware of um, as far as like the effects the coons have on or Maybe not coons, but nest predators have on turkeys. Have you heard anything like
2: statistics on it? Yeah, actually, it was said, I was on Facebook yesterday, and I was looking at a, 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 a looking at a study, mm-hmm. and I I took a screenshot of it because I wanted to. I was going to read this to y'all, um, and this was. I thought I had. I must go and save one day. But the study actually started back in the sixties. Undoubtedly, I didn't screenshot that. But in the sixties, and I, I think it was in Kentucky, in Arkansas, I think, and some other state. But in the sixties, they were averaging forty-nine to fifty percent success rate on the nest. And then in the nineteen eighties, um, they actually had a I was looking at this like 1980 in Kentucky, and what they had documented, um, raccoons destroyed 52 nests that they had tagged, which is like 48 percent of the nests got got uh, got destroyed. And I'm looking down in Alabama. They they did a study in a trapped area, a predator control area, and non predator control area, and it says nest losses was 44.5 percent. Uh, the nest predation control area had a total of 51%, 51% of the hens were accompanied by pokes compared to 24% in the non-predator control area. Um, I did it for five years and it in the predator control area, 176 hens were observed with 609 pokes on the predator control area and an average of 3.5 in that control area. Uh, in the non-control area, 156 hens and 169 folks were, were seen with an average of 1.1 folk per hen. And, um, so and now looking in 2021, did a study in Missouri, it said 75% of the nest failed due to the predation of the actual nest and 8% failed due to the predation of the hen that was incubating that clutch. So, um, that's just, I mean, that's as far I haven't heard anything recently put out by the um, as far as the state or anything on uh, on uh, raccoons or, or nest predators, but that was just some stuff that I saw. I actually saw that yesterday on on, on, on turkey page. So, okay.
3: well, heck, if uh, honestly, if you don't mind, send us that because I'd love to post those numbers on on the Instagram or something just yeah. to, to show.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll say. I think. I think. i see this screenshot, and y'all can Actually, and I've, i personally, I got out of trapping when I was in college because I was doing other things. But I got back when I got married, and moved back home to our farm. Mm-hmm. Um, we had no turkeys on our farm, and I got back. When I first started getting into dog proofs. And I caught fifty something is off two hundred acres, mm. in that you know, in in that one year. And the next year, I had two hens that actually raised on my farm. Really? So I mean, it's 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 a it's a worthwhile thing to do. And I i was catching you know po- I catch possums, I catch skunks, and I catch raccoons. You know, mm-hmm. I don't eat anything that eat an egg, I don't cook. Actually, in all that thirty acres that I got about right down the road from my house, I actually had quail on that place last year. Really? Oh. I had not seen a bobwhite like quail. On my place since since and around the house since the '90s, and I was sitting there and I heard a quail whistle and I was just sitting there and sometimes one day, another day, just hunting and a little there goes by white, goes walking by. So I mean, you know, they're eating, they're eating eggs besides turkeys as well. So
3: right, right, and I mean, I think that's one of the main reasons that you know, aside from the fire ant situation, that's the main reason quail aren't as as abundant. In Mississippi anymore. You know, I wish I could have seen those days, you know, that my granddad talks about where they, you know. Oh, yeah. My, grand, so my
2: granddad was a, yeah, he was a bird hunter and I've heard him talk about, you know, he would leave the house and take on walking and, of course, back, back in. He he would make his loop and he'd jump, you know, 10, and 12 coaters of birds throughout the day. Mm-hmm.
3: You know. Yeah. That was, must have been the good days, I guess, but.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was the good old days. Yeah. So.
3: Heck, I mean, we've, you know, I've got, 80 acres i've got permission on um that's the only private land i've got um and it's actually divided into three different sections about you know 20 acres here 20 acres there 30 acres here whatever it may wash out to be um but it's all divided by roads and houses and things like that um Mm -hmm. and we started trapping on it i guess two years ago probably maybe three um i've always just you know done it i'd get into it for a week and then you know once I got done running them and got busy again, I just you know would pull them. Um, but we we hit it, we hit it hard, and we were just setting them around deer feeders and stuff like that on the main trails where I could manage them from. Uh, I had two cell cams, so I'd do a half a dozen set. I'd do three three about ten feet apart um, in that range of the cell cam um, close to a feeder, and we you know we we probably pulled. 15 or 20 off of the place. Um, And last year we actually had several groups of turkeys that we hadn't really seen many turkeys during season um, on the place the last four or five years. And this Mm -hmm. past season we, we had, we, you know, we would hear a turkey gobble almost every time, whether it was on us or close to us, they were coming through our property um, again. So, I mean, that was enough for me to say, Hey, you know, even though, you know, I didn't pull up, every coon off of it or possum or whatever it may have been, you know, the, the handful I, I did get a, get out of there apparently made some, made made the, the turkeys more comfortable at least, it, you know, even if they are or are not nesting on us, you know, they're still a little more comfortable coming through, which I also yeah. kind of set out and, and, and took a few uh, bobcats and coyotes out during deer season um, while hunting. Um, so I don't know if that had anything to do with it or not, but, um, I'm sure it, it may have helped, you know, everyone we can get is going to help one not or two hurt. other ones. It ain't going to hurt nothing. Yeah. And I almost, right, I almost right, feel yeah. like
1: it's a responsibility if you're going, if you're going to pursue and hunt a turkey, mm-hmm. then it's almost your responsibility to, to do something. I I'm, I guess the best way to put it is give back, you know, protect what you're going to hunt, not just show up and hunt.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and it, it's all like I've, yeah. And I don't do as much, you know, predator control as far as, as hire myself out like I used to, just because I don't have the time right now. But, you know, I would have folks call, you know, I oh, want you to come trap my place. Like, okay, it's a little charge, I, you know. Sometimes they would. I said, look, you know, they'd argue. That's just too much. I like, look, how much are you paying for your leaves Right. How much corn? How much corn and protein are you feeding year round? Mm-hmm. And I said, you're feeding 25 coons under your protein feeder. Yeah. I mean, you're, you know, you're you wasting money. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's just, a it's another, you know, it's another tool management in, in my book.
3: No, I agree. I agree. Um, and I mean, you, you think about how much, you know, aside from, you know, predators like that, I mean, you have hogs, people that come in and trap your hogs. I mean, people don't mind paying that for that, you know? So right. why would you, why right. would you be that concerned about paying for, you know, and for, for pred- predation control um
1: well not only mm -hmm. that it doesn't take and and some people may not have the the land close to them and all that but it doesn't take much time or effort for you to do it yourself
3: right you go buy you a dozen Mm -hmm. traps
1: yeah some lure put it out and you know just just check them on a daily basis mm -hmm. i mean heck
3: what is it turkeys for tomorrow has a dozen deal i think yeah
1: they got a a dozen what was it a dozen traps for 135 dollars
3: something something like that yeah Yeah, i mean it was like 11 dollars a piece Yeah. yeah so i mean it's it's something you can get into, if you if you want, if you you're curious about it, and and say you know you you have contacted a trapper that you know it's it's not in your budget you know, and I don't know how much that cost. I mean, you know, Justin, I, I really don't know how much you know it would cost to have you or somebody else come out to my place and, and just hammer down on them. Um, but I mean, you know, if if you've got the time. Personally, and maybe not have the funds for 135 bucks, you can you can set a dozen traps. Yeah, you know, even if it's oh yeah, hey, I
2: mean, you, you some what You get on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I wish I had YouTube back in the 90s when I was when I was a kid. It was still money and fur, and wouldn't nobody wanted to share any information. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I was a kid, I grew up in the middle of, out in the middle of the woods, and I had to deal with I could had you know thousands of acres I could run on, but there was some old men I there that trap too. But they they wouldn't tell you nothing because they didn't want you to get in you know <laughs> get into their money. And I yeah. kind of I had to learn the hard way. But there are we. I actually I do a TV show every year. We've been we've been doing like thirteen years It's on the Pursuit Channel it's called Trapping Pine TV. Okay. It's a buddy mine out of Pennsylvania. It's based out of Pennsylvania. He has a TV show. And he comes down here in February with me and to bobcat and the otter trap because they can't really really take any up there. Mm-hmm. But we'll 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 find a big hunting club or something. We'll do that, you know. We'll do it for free. We'll go in and you know let's come in. We'll trap everything, you know. And you know and let's come on your property or whatever and do a film and film show. But we put every every season we got is on is on YouTube. So I mean, there's just. I mean you gotta watch some of that YouTube stuff. But oh, yeah. there's yeah, there's some there's some good information on YouTube. If you wanna learn how to trap, I mean there's there's you know, tutorials on there that break it down, you know, from digging the dirt hole to your trap dead to to baiting your D P trap, how to secure it. I mean, if you wanna do it, I mean the information is there. Plus like I said, you know, we've got our State Trapping Association, we have a first sale and our annual meeting every year. We have a Facebook we have a Facebook page and there's there's countless guys on there that that are willing to help and you ask the question and everything and there's guys out there now that are willing to help you because right. they wanting to keep they're wanting to keep trapping alive and, and mm-hmm. going you know so right no i agree i agree it's it's, it's
3: definitely was a dying breed up until a couple of years ago and i think you know even though the I, I don't know the fur market side of things um but i know that's not as good as it was is what everybody's told me um but you know just for the the simple fact of the wild turkey i think it's 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 ramped it back up a little bit um Uh and and and, Uh in a good direction i guess you should say it still has room to grow no doubt but um i'm glad to see that's
2: one thing i brought up in one of our one of our trapping uh, meetings you know we that's one thing i brought up we were actually putting on a banquet and i said look you know we need to people we need to get here not so much trappers we need deer hunters we need turkey hunters here i said that's Mm -hmm. the future but the fur market is not going to always be around but as far as predator control there's always going to be a need for predator control I said that's the people we need to get involved as people that are you know we're all sportsmen together we need to defend each other's stuff we need to educate them plus you know we teach them how to do it Mm -hmm. i mean it's just gonna it's gonna uh, a domino effect it's just gonna kind of go out it's gonna help everybody absolutely
3: absolutely i couldn't agree more with that um yeah that's that's definitely the the best way to look at it is from all aspects (laughs) and you know it's something i've 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 found myself enjoying now i was about to say it's it's, it's fun it's fun to do especially in the off season i just do it kind of right after deer season when i got a little, little little extra time and um you know, can can spend some days down at, at camp and whatnot and, you know, I'll I'll get there in the evening and, and set, you know, the three or four that I have or the I I think I've got up to a dozen now, pretty close to it. Um and
2: Sorry, the
0: intercom.
3: You good. <laughs> uh, luckily I heard it coming. Um but uh yeah, I mean it's 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 not it's 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 hard. It can be hard at times. You know, you may not catch be very successful at first. But once you kind of figure out the one or two hot spots to hit on your property, I mean, I feel like you can, you can at least knock some back. So, I mean, I encourage anybody to, you know, at least grab a few dog proofs next time you get Bass Pro or get on TFT's website and do that, you know, I mean, a dozen for 135 bucks. And I I think they
1: even were offering free shipping, like 135 bucks to your front door.
3: Mm -hmm. And I was looking at it a minute ago. Um, There's something else they came with an earth anchor yeah yeah they they came with a a stake or whatever you want to call it earth anchor um Mm -hmm. so i mean that's 135 bucks i mean you you about can't beat that um my my opinion because i mean i've been buying them you know individually for i don't know 15 bucks probably a piece i mean you know that's that's a good little chunk of change when you're talking a dozen traps um but you can run that you can run live traps you can run the the old style you know uh what do y'all call that? The clamp? What's the steel traps? Uh,
2: uh foot trap, steel yeah. trap. I mean, just you know, I know
3: there's uh, thirty I,
2: names for it, for it, probably. But yeah, I, I still run a lot of those. Still. I don't. It's just a, dog proofs are just so fast. You know, it's it's. I, I run I, I run a lot of those, but every now and then, you know, when I'm feeling a little nostalgic, I'll, I'll break out some of my old traps, mm-hmm. and I've got some that that I've had since I was a kid that I actually. When I started, my dad, he, my uncle of mine died. My dad went to his smokehouse, and he had some traps back, you know, he probably back bought back in the '20s, mm. And they were still hanging. They were still good. And I still got some of those. And I still got a bunch of, you know, just the foothold steel traps. And I'll dig pocket sets, you know, and, and bait it for coon. Or I'll do a blind set where they're walking around a log or something like that, you know. I'll mm-hmm. still make a few of those just to catch those. You know, maybe hard to catch coons, or maybe you know those don't really pay attention. I'll still do some of those, but
3: okay. um,
2: like if you're just somebody just just starting out, if you got a live trap, you know, live traps work great. Um, and uh, but you know, the dog proofs are they were really a game changer when they came along. Mm-hmm. So
3: now something else I did want to ask personally is uh. Is there any way I've I've heard people prepping their traps like decent you know boiling them or waxing them and all this other stuff and that's something I I don't hear a lot of people talk about if it's is there something we're supposed to be doing other than buying them at the store and putting
2: them in the ground now on a dog on a dog food no okay uh, you set them because and I bought I have pain in mine white mm-hmm. I bought them you know already dipped. You paint them white, the fur, and I may spray paint mine in all season just to keep it from rusting, but the first time you catch a coon, that trap's going to be just as shined up as it can be. Right. I mean, I don't I don't fool my dog proofs as far as that. Now, I mean, I'm not saying it wouldn't hurt it. It might preserve the metal a little bit, but now the metal, they're made out of you, You'll clean them up at the end of the season. Hang them up. They're good. Mm-hmm. But now a foothold trap, yeah. What I do is if I went and bought a brand-new foothold trap, whether it be for a coon or for a coyote, um, the area where I station on coons, the swamp out that we have is real. The ground is real as thick. mean, a trap's going. to sit there a couple of days. It'll, it'll be a little thin, thin rust on it. The first thing I if I buy a new trap, first thing I do is I put the open the jaws, or I put the chain inside the jaws, and I put them in the dishwasher. Hmm. And I'll, you know, make sure my wife ain't there. Right. And I'll throw them in the dishwasher, and I'll wash them and get all that packing grease and that stuff off of them. And see what that does is that starts a little light uh, film, a coat of rust will, will form. I'll, I'll wash them, and I'll lay them outside. And you can buy um, there's several things out there. You can buy dips, where, and it's almost like um, there's, there's a full metal jacket. And there's another one I can't think of. It's almost like a paint. And I've done them all. You can actually dip your traps in that stuff. Um, and what it does is it just kind of, it kind of coats them. Mm-hmm. Kind of helps preserve it. Now, I like the old school mine. I buy, I got a big pot out there. I'll buy the longwood. I let them rust and I'll get the old longwood trap dye. And I'll, um I'll boil them in that longwood trap dye. Where it does, it turns them kind of a, a blue black. Okay. And, um, Gets rid of that rust and it, it's, it's kind of like kind of like seasoning kind of like seasoning uh the cornbread skillet right cast that, iron. Yeah. that uh yeah that 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 trap body's kind of helps season that metal and i'll hang them up let them dry and then i'll uh you can buy trap wax i got a bucket of wax I'll heat that wax up and i'll dip them in that wax and um uh, and then I, you know, I make I do all my adjustments on the, the paying tension. Yeah, you want your paying you know, level and everything. And i have them in that wax, and then they're ready to go. I mean, what that does is that just gets any foreign smells off. Mm-hmm. Raccoons setting, you know, underwater, it ain't gonna matter. But you're you're starting to catch coyotes. Get up the and stuff that's real wary. That they're gonna smell that trap, or they'll smell that off smell. Mm-hmm. I've even seen raccoons smell it, and they'll start, you know, poking those little fingers around in that dirt, and they'll actually flip that trap upside down. Really? When you come back, the trap's flipped upside down, and, you know, if it hadn't even been thrown, a raccoon did that. Oh, so, cool. you know, I'll, so that's what, you know, even in my foot traps, you know, I'll, you know, I'll get that grease off, let them rust a little bit, to will hold that dye, and then I'll wax them, you know, but there's, there's I have paint in mine with, you know, spray paint, with pylons, you know, spray paint, Mm-hmm. It does okay. I know a lot of folks are spray paint their traps. Um, a lot of folks use those those dips as dips. You mix up with kerosene, you dip them in. I mean, there's all kind of stuff out there. But yeah, but that's do that's for kind of seasoning that metal and getting any foreign smells off and the waxing and stuff that kind of helps those traps fire a little bit faster. So
3: okay, yeah. see, that was kind of my question. Was it was it more as of for preserving the traps or was it for scent control? Which I guess it could kind of be for both.
2: Yeah, kind of for both. Okay. and I know some boys that I know one or two boys that they'll take a trap out of their truck, they'll catch a cow in it, they'll take, they'll knock them, they'll they'll pull it, they'll uh, take it to a new area, knock them, you know, the dirt off of it, and reset it again. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they catch, you know, they catch cows, right? You know, then I also call cows, you know, in a in a place and. Never caught a it because they were scared of that smell around that cat I mean, it's just kind of hmm. you know, east to your, east to own, But I tell you, most folks that do it, they wax or die or they dip them, something like that. So, okay, okay. cool,
3: cool. Well, hey, I mean, that's that's a lot of information right there. That's pretty much everything I was curious about. <laughs> um, so I mean, heck, that's that's awesome. Um, Justin, I can't thank you enough for joining us um, today, and um, I think you answered a lot of questions. And hopefully, we'll, we'll, um, you know, some guys will use this information to to get started or, or continue on their trapping. I yeah. guess that'll wherever. work. So.
2: And uh, we we have our annual first day. If anybody wants to just leave, mm-hmm. come and buy equipment. We sell equipment that we have like an auction. The first sale is February, is the last Saturday in February. I didn't even look at the date. It's always the last Saturday in February at the Coliseum in Kosciuszko, the Talla County Coliseum. Mm-hmm. It's always the last Saturday in February. And we got a guy coming from Arkansas. He's bringing all kinds of equipment. We have an equipment, a used equipment auction. We usually have a couple of dem- a demo or two going on. There'll be guys there that answer questions. There's always somebody who wants to talk. There the can. fur auction usually starts about ten o'clock. That's always neat to see all the different fur and stuff that comes in. So yeah. anybody wants, you know, it gets bored the last Saturday in February. I mean, they've been having it for forty something years. The last Saturday in February, so at the Italian County Science Museum. So anybody wants any information, we will be glad for you know, come up there perfect you know come be a part of it free so. interesting and
3: that's the um i looked at my calendar it's the 25th of february and that's in cosiesco
2: mississippi so um, yeah yeah right there where's the 35 and 12 meet right there the coliseum was yep. right there by the football field yep
3: yep so heck I'll, I'll probably if i as long as i'm free that weekend i'll be up there i know that for sure because i'd love to see the, the fur
2: side of things yeah, too, it's so. i've our first time I went was, I think, 1993. I got a picture. I was I met a, this old man. picked me up at 5.30 that morning at my house. I took, like, five tunes in the beaver up there. Mm-hmm. Probably made $40. Thought I was in the money. Right, <laughs> right. I've, been, I've been going ever since then. So. Heck, yeah.
3: Well, that'll work. Well, hopefully I'll see you there. Get to shake your hand, actually, and meet you and catch up and all that good stuff. So. That sounds good. Perfect. I appreciate it, Mr. Justin. All right. Appreciate you coming right, on, good- man. Yeah, man, no problem. Hope y'all have a great spring. Yes, Thank you, sir. you. too. You too. See yes, you both. Sir. That's some good information there. Yeah, I think I'll take
1: it. Yeah, that was that was some good information.
3: Yeah, and I'm I, heck, I'm actually gonna go to that. If I'm gonna put it on my calendar right now, hopefully go to that 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 um, trappers association thing. Yeah, that'd be pretty Trapper cool. Association. Um, yeah, so hopefully uh, this this information will make everybody you know jump out there, and it, it got me fired up to go trap some more at least a little bit um got
1: us a little more know-how to do it too
3: yeah see that's the thing i've been kind of going blind and off of just a few of the youtube videos i've seen or you know buddy questions and stuff but having somebody that's been that involved in it for that many years i mean he had some pretty good ways to go about it um i think but i don't know i'm about to get on tft's website and order this dozen of traps that i found out about this morning you know just not been paying attention my mind's been on deer and ducks here the last couple months but about to do me and get me another dozen I've, I've probably got close to a dozen now but i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna hit them hard this year um in february and uh continue through as long as the season allows me to i guess yep so either way um sales you good everything going smooth with you
1: oh yeah i'm good to go
3: all right well with that being said we appreciate you listening to another episode of the spring legion
0: podcast Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Spring Legion Podcast. If you enjoy the show, let us know by leaving a good review or simply sharing an episode with your friends and family. We'd like to thank Rolling Thunder Game Calls and Light Boots for making this podcast possible. Rolling Thunder's hand-tuned waterfowl and turkey calls are crafted right here in the U.S. by folks who enjoy the outdoors as much as any. Check them out at rollingthundergamecalls.com or catch an episode of the Rolling Thunder film series on the Masio Go app. Light Boots' seamless, one-piece design completely eliminates the chance of leaking, with a size 10 boot only weighing 13 ounces. Learn more about the lightest 16-inch waterproof boot on the market at lightboots.com. Most of all, we want to thank you, our listeners, for making the show worthwhile. If you'd like to learn more about the brand, check us out at springlegion.com or follow at Spring Legion on any social network. Thanks again for listening to the Spring Legion
2: Podcast. We'll see you next week.